Welcome to You, Me, Empathy. Thank you for listening. We would like to remind you that this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Known as just a silly boy with a feely heart. Please consider supporting the show. Check us out on Patreon or simply leave a review on iTunes. Here's your host and creator of the show, Known Wells. Hello, feely humans. Welcome to another episode of Yumi Empathy. I am so excited that you're here today because it is a big episode. Uh, Episode 106 is the episode where uh, I first talk about the Feely Human Collective. The Feely Human Collective, which is a new collaborative community, mental health community, platform, mental health, all of the above. Uh, for you, for me, for all of us, for all feely humans to come together and to uh, see each other for who we are. And I'm so excited about it. Gosh, it's uh, it's been uh, something I've been working on for a long time. And today is the first day that you can sign up for the launch team. That's the first step. And then in January, there'll be a crowdfunding campaign. And then in February, the full public launch. So... But if you're, if you're excited about empathy, vulnerability, emotional wayfinding, these core tenets of the human experience, if you're excited about it, like I am, please go to feelyhuman.co and sign up for the launch team. And uh, I really appreciate it if you do. And uh, I'll say that, that uh, this is also a special episode because... You know, my uh, my life partner, Jessica, interviewed me for this. So it's very special. She's amazing. I love her so. And I love you. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope you enjoy this episode and, and get excited about the Feel Human Collective like I am. Uh, really can't wait to share all of this with you and, and to con- continue growing together. That's that's what this this life's about. So... Go to feelyhuman.co, uh, follow Feely Human on Instagram and Twitter, at Feely Human, and uh, let's make the world a more feely place together. Okay, enjoy episode 106 with my interviewer, Jessica. a podcast about exploring the struggles we face in our day-to-day lives as humans trying to get by on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. The intent of You, Me, Empathy is to talk openly without judgment about our mental health, our neuroses, our shared anxieties and worries, to create a dialogue that is vulnerable and deeply human and empathetic, and to share that dialogue with others to inspire emotional and cognitive collaboration.
inspiration and insight so we can hand in hand break down the stigma that make us feel shame and guilt for struggling, for feeling our feelings, for being feely humans. You Me Empathy is a safe, friendly space designed to inspire the beauty in each of us. Today, I'm a giddy ball of overwhelm and excitement to be here with my partner in life, Known. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hey. How was that? That was perfect. I loved it. I loved your uh, attempt at an accent. It was very delightful. That is my natural voice. (laughs) How dare you? I don't know where you're from, but I love you. So, uh, sorry about all that background noise, but listeners, you should know that my uh, my partner, Jessica, is here. No, my partner, known is here to We're... be interviewed by me, Jessica, the normal host for all time on Feel a Human. Oh, on You Me Empathy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, she's new at this, so give her <laughs> give her some slack, everyone. Actually, the listeners should know that we used to do a podcast for four years together called Joy Sandwich, which was a lot of fun. It was a dark period in our lives. Darkest. Um, okay, so uh, the reason Jessica's here, everyone, is that uh, Jessica is going to be interviewing me about my new project, The Feely Human Collective. Yeah, That's the name of it, The Feely Human Collective. Hi. Very exciting. Um, uh, today is Monday, December 9th. And uh, if you're listening to this, this is the day where I'm going to start sharing uh, about the Feely Human Collective and what it means. And and most importantly, for you to sign up to the launch team. And that's the first big step. But before we get to that, uh, let's let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about... Um, Whatever. You're the interviewer. You tell me. Well, Noan's first choice for interviewer was Scooby, and Scooby politely declined by taking a nap. It was less a decline. It was more of a, um, he didn't understand what I was saying. He did. You just didn't realize he did. <laughs> and then How he dare said you? No. How dare you? You monster. <laughs> okay. So, um, hi, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, first time caller in, long time listener. <laughs> Good one. I'm uh, I'm gonna be uh, asking some amazing questions about the Feel a Human Collective and see um, how known answers these questions and if I approve. <laughs> okay, are you gonna grade uh, me at the end? <laughs> they're all gonna be amazing. I know it. Okay, so my first question is: um, since we're talking about this amazing Feel a Human Collective, which you're super excited about and yeah. you've been super excited about, can't stop. I've been hearing about it all the time. Uh, I'm excited to share that with everyone else in the podcasting world. So why don't we start by say asking what inspired Feel a Human Collective? Great question. <laughs> Thank I you. mean, I love that question. Thanks. Uh, Came it up yeah. <laughs> So what inspired the Feel a Human Collective? Well, I think, uh, let's just break it down. I think that I've been using the word feely human to describe Yumi Empathy listeners for a while now. Uh, I think it's like an, a, perf- a perfect encapsulation of who I am as a person and definitely who the listeners are and who all of my guests are. Just And what a, a feely human is is someone who leads with their heart, someone who engages in vulnerability someone who looks inward at their emotion emotions and are curious about 
their feelings and wants to grow their emotional intelligence and are sensitive and and just feely and and that's that's who I certainly am at my core. I know it's uh, who you are. Uh, listeners, definitely not who Jessica is, but it's who the listeners, I'm just kidding. How dare you? It's who the listeners are. And, and, and it's, it's a feely human is someone I want to be with and spend more time with and get to know more and connect with. And so when I got the idea around the feely human collective, um, it's, it was essentially like taking Yumi empathy and, and making it bigger, like, you know, every week I get to have these wonderful conversations with people that are so inspiring to me and I think are very inspiring to the listeners. And, um, and that's like kind of one to one connection that's really beautiful and intimate and that will continue. But the Feely Human Collective in my mind is, uh, like on a much bigger scale. And I want, I want to continue to grow this, this community that we have built in Yumi Empathy. But to give people an uh, an opportunity to to collaborate to to um, to really, I guess, like if I, I'm speaking very deeply personal, like I I have learned throughout this process of of running Yumi Empathy that like this is what I need to do in life. Like this brings me so much joy and purpose, and um, getting to do the show is like such an honor, like uh, truly an honor. Like I, I know that may sound cheesy, but it's, it's amazing. I love it. And I want to, and I know how helpful it's been for people and for me. And I want, I just want more of it. So let's talk about your mental health journey. Mm, yes. Um, Cause I know you've talked probably a lot about it on the podcast and you've shared bits and pieces. Never. I'm a closed book. <laughs> <laughs> you never open up. I'd love to start with like talking about before we get really into the nuts and bolts of Yumi Empathy and the mission and all of that other beautiful stuff that the I nuts and bolts of the Feel the Human Collective. Yes, before we get into that, uh, I would love to talk about kind of your mental health journey. Like what I know you just went off and talked about quite a bit, like how you this is inspiring to you and all of that stuff. But what is it like? What has helped you get here? And before what, Yumi Empathy, what made you even want to start Yumi Empathy? Yeah. And as your wife, I know the answers to some of this. <laughs> <laughs> so answer the question. No, answer the question. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, I, I wanted to start Yumi Empathy because I I wanted to create a safe space. And, and growing up, I felt at times uh, that I didn't have a safe space to be who I was. I, I felt uh, scared a lot of the time uh, of my father. I... I you know, I was worried and sensitive kid and, you know, I acted out a lot because I was dealing with a depression that I didn't know I had. I struggled, you know, with, um, you know, in high school and junior high, like some sort of self-harm activities and, and I just didn't feel safe um, at times. And, and, and a lot of that kind of and I was a very, very much like a sort of people pleaser as well. And so one of my, um, one of my survival mechanisms was to kind of like shut down a lot. Like that's kind of my go-to is to shut down emotionally when I'm feeling unsafe. And that helped me for a time, but 
but eventually uh, didn't serve me. And it led into uh, anorexia that, that nearly killed me in, in my early 20s. And, um, and coming out of that, I realized how important uh, opening my heart was. And it took a while to get there, like because I had learned for 20 plus years to shut down my heart and not let anyone in. What do you think helped you to do that? Like what, what was a big, was there a big catalyst that kind of helped you to realize that you need to stop doing this? I think that, well, certainly like when the doctor told me my heart would stop, like that was a wake up call. You know, I, I didn't, like, I think even though I was like suicidal at times, I, I deep down, I knew I didn't want to die. And so I, that was a certainly a, a big catalyst in, in that and, and not wanting to die. And, and I didn't know the next few years were very messy and it wasn't sort of like a clean recovery um, because I didn't, I didn't have access to my heart. I didn't know what to do with it. And so it took a long while. I'm 38 now and I'm still learning and will continue to learn, but it took a good decade to, to going through therapy, figuring it out, having lapses. Um, Did you start therapy right after that? I went to therapy actually in, <laughs> it's kind of funny and sad. I went to therapy in Wales. That was like the first time I believe I experienced ther- a therapist and and it was, uh, it was like two stones talking to them, to each other because like I didn't have any insight into what was going on or to my heart, and of course the therapist picked up on that and couldn't access anything, and so it was kind of a moot experience. Do you think also sometimes I I feel like with with therapy is that it's a personality too, right? Like if you don't feel comfortable or safe or you don't feel that ability to kind of. Like you said, maybe there's a possibility you couldn't access it at that moment because you weren't ready, right? Yeah. So that's really, really important and a really amazing point, right? Like I'm not ready to access these kind of emotions yet. So right. at that moment, maybe your body and mind are protecting yourself and just saying, just survive. Yeah. But then also, I think that sometimes it's like, it does matter quite a bit, right? With personality that you felt comfortable or that you felt in a place that you could. And maybe that's it too. Like you said, maybe it really comes down to, you you would be you it's even hard to even acknowledge whether your therapist was at that time the right one for you because again you weren't in a place to really access those emotions you didn't feel safe or you didn't feel like that you were ready for that kind of courageous journey right yeah i i think that's definitely a lot of it for for people i think that's a good point um like people talk a lot about like finding the right fit it's like finding a friend you know or a partner or something in life it's and it could have been that part of that as well but um yeah so i i you know feeling coming out of that and like finally starting to 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 look inward was you know simultaneously the most painful but also the most rewarding thing i could do and, so there's yeah. there's something really interesting also that you said about suicide like you didn't want to you didn't want to even though you had had suicidal ideations you didn't necessarily want to die and I feel like that's a good clarification I there's it seems like when I I mean when suicidal 
thoughts are happening. It's about escape of that moment, right? It's not necessarily even about I want to die, right? That there's this like, I want to escape. Um, and so like that confrontation at that moment with that someone else telling you that you are going to die, right, was a very different kind of experience than, than you being in a moment of feeling kind of scared and, and just feeling like you want to escape a feeling, right? Yeah, it made it very real. And I, I think you're right. I think that wanting to die and then maybe alternatively wanting to just silence Mm-hmm. to be silenced or something and and to to not feel to that. not feel it anymore are very different. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think like how old were you again when you um had, went to that doctor and he told you that? I was Get a timeline. 21, 22 around So then. and then you did go a little bit to therapy then, correct? Yes. During your 20s? Yes. Like right right when I got back from Wales, I started seeing a therapist and it it was a therapist my my dad found, and my dad was probably banging her because she. <laughs> I don't need to say that, but like she, like <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, it wasn't the right fit again. It wasn't the right well, fit, and also because, and you know, of course, your dad is has very a lot of issues or whatever. But but your dad, but your your dad choosing your therapist for you is probably right. Anyone choosing a therapist for you, yeah, not a good. It idea. might not be like again. You have to be open to it. Yes, and that was a person who felt you felt trauma. So like, even if you didn't like, even if that person was truly trying to help you and trying to come at it from a different perspective, you associated that therapist with your dad, right? With like kind of a connection to him. So that would be very hard. Yeah. Totally. So then you ended up having, so then, so then you did do a little bit of therapy and then, and then when did you start going back to therapy regularly where you felt like you started making these strides towards like, cause I, and I'll be honest with you, right? I know a little bit about you. And when, um, I you met do? you, <laughs> when I met you, which was what your late twenties. Yep. Um, you are very different today than when, how you were in your late twenties. So uh, the very listeners different. will be very okay. interested to hear this. How how am I different today than I was when I was in my 20s, when I met you? I mean, there there is definitely an openness and a self-confidence and an awareness that I think was not existing in your late 20s. I mean, it. I, I, I think you were always introspective, but you were also self-harm. Like you you immediately went to like shut down. Like, whereas now I feel like you definitely do not go to shut down mode all the time. Once in a while, yes. But like you often just would get quiet. And like, I think you felt that you had to deal with everything on your own. And so even sharing that with another person, even me, was something I didn't even experience. So like I, and to this day, in some ways, you still do that. Like I get more uh, information about your mental health from your podcast and from your stories on on Instagram than I do sometimes from you physically next to me. <laughs> but it's so there's an element of where you kind of but you but you you process you felt that you had to process things that felt like on your own all the time. Right. And then I mean know, that was a that was a, a remnant of like even when I met you, which yeah was like ten plus years ago. Yeah. And then he met me and I was like a very much a verbal processor and a very much, I think, even though I'm not always. And that was scary to me. That was like, uh, like 
personally, it was revolting. How dare I looked you. at you and I wanted to vomit. No, I'm just that kidding. doesn't seem right. No, it was it was scary to me. It was like, oh, she's processing things very differently, and not necessarily there's bad or good, but like you know, clearly it was different, and so it was it was, you know, it it shook me up. Yeah, in a good way. The um, obviously. Yeah, the I and also then you started going to therapy. When when did you start going to your current therapist? Gosh, I I feel like an old man sometimes when I try to think of like specific timeline, but I feel like it was like four years ago or something. Five, three, maybe four to five, four to five years ago, something like that. And that, but I had I had seen you know a, a couple of therapists. Early on, when we were first getting married, around there, um, that didn't last, and I, I think it was just wasn't the right fit again. Yeah, yeah. The um, and so, do you feel? Why do you think then um, it has taken this like this long? And I think this is an interesting part about mental health journeys, right? Is that that in some ways we think going to therapy will make us better, but it's like a lot of times maybe we'll go to a therapist and we'll get better or we'll feel better for a little bit or we'll just feel horrible, right? There's a lot of good like things, you know, that therapists are sharing on Instagram about like how sometimes going to therapy does feel like you'll feel a little bit worse afterwards. Hopefully not horrible, right? Or you'll feel like you had an intense workout, right? Kind of thing. Totally. Um, but like, why do you think this kind of like, do you think this is a normal mental health story? And maybe normal is a bad word, not a correct word to use, because what is normal? Who knows, right? Yeah. But do you think that this is... Or this is more like that that kind of like going in and out and 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 struggling in this way is is something that a lot of people kind of relate to, and that's what I mean by normal yeah i I think it's as common as anything, and that's what's so powerful about sharing our stories, right, like on Yumi empathy and feel the human collective is is it's about ultimately it's about our own healing and and self reflection and 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 looking inward and and exploring that, but it's also about giving people the opportunity to relate to each other. And, and there's a point of connection there. And I think that's like the purpose of life. I'm not someone who believes in a higher power necessarily. I'm not denying one. I just don't know. But I, I, I feel like if there is a reason to live, it's to connect and to grow with e- each other. That's amazing. It's Thank lovely. you. <laughs> um, so what about when... So do you think there was a specific catalyst that like really helped? Like do you, for you personally, and this would be, I'm very curious, right? Because I do feel like there was, like I remember you in previous jobs and um, not being like super happy and not feeling like, I don't know, just kind of wandering. We did Joy Sandwich and I mean, you enjoyed that, but there was um, even just doing Joy Sandwich. Like what was it about like podcasting or about kind of this um, even this topic that you felt you really were like, I'm going for it. Like I'm doing it. Do you remember anything or do you remember any kind of like, yes, that's the topic I want to do. I need to do that. Well, I think that that was around like when we were wrapping up Joy Sandwich, that was around the time where I was starting therapy. It was like early on and then seeing my current therapist and 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 before that, you know, years before that, I, I started doing more just writing, a lot of writing about my myself and my and just a lot of reflection, right? And I got a lot out of that. 
uh, experience, you know, just like a personal sort of reflection stuff. And then as I started going to therapy, I, I, I realized how much one, I needed it. And, and two, like a reminder that like going to therapy is not like, you don't have to be like at rock bottom to go to therapy. Like I feel, I personally feel like people should just go on, on the reg you know, uh, on, on the rag, <laughs> <laughs> on the rag or on the reg. I mean, on the regular. I'm sorry, I was isn't, confused by your short name. <laughs> isn't that what kids say on the reg? <laughs> I'm sure, but it, just coming out of your mouth sounds ridiculous. <laughs> oh man, I am such an old man. Um, <laughs> so I started, yeah. So I started like you know experiencing that and and getting a lot out of therapy and. And I don't know, I was just compelled to, I don't know if there was a specific moment, but I just was compelled to like create that space for others. Not that I'm a therapist, but I just wanted that safe space because there's so much, I think, in life that's not safe. And, and, and sometimes like insidiously so, like we, it, it surprises us like from people we love, like, and they don't even know it. And and I want to like create a space where we can learn how to uh, create safe spaces for other people and in our own circles and stuff. And that's I think safety is so important. We talk a lot about on Yumi Empathy is how important safety is first, like as the foundation to eventually be able to explore our hearts. Like we have to feel safe. Yeah, that safety maybe leads to that courageous space. Yeah, right? absolutely. That, like, where you can kind of dig into and and and. Because you're through it. Yeah, because you're not feeling like you can feel like, oh, I'm okay. I feel no one's going to attack me here. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to look over my shoulder. I can just explore. Well, that's what's so fascinating, too, is that like you, even when you started that journey um, right after the doctor, you maybe in some ways knew it that you needed to fix some things, but you were not in a place that was safe yet to where you felt you could really explore that i mean how could like it's like asking someone to explore their feelings when they're feeling physically unsafe right like yeah like how can i why, why would i do that that's there's there's no reason to do that i need to first get my body to feel in a good place before i can really deconstruct this right absolutely yeah so let's hear about the mission of feel a human collective Sure. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, the mission is, and I'll say it and then I'll kind of provide some context. The mission is to promote and instill the powers or wonders, you know, are, are these things that we have innately in us, the capacity for empathy, vulnerability, and emotional wayfinding as these core tenets of healing of growth of the human experience. So empathy, vulnerability, emotional wayfinding. Um, these three components were huge in my own mental health journey. How so? Like, I, let's I, think about empathy. Like, yeah. what is it that about empathy that like, like, how did you, how did that really help you? And can you be specific? Answer the question. <laughs> no answer the Jeez, question. This is real tough, tough nails journalism here. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> God damn, she got me again. Um, well, empathy, empathy is huge. So empathy is a space. So empathy, you know, the definition is like putting ourselves in another person's shoes, right? Relating to them, mm -hmm. um, relating to their story. 
And being present with them. And being right? present like, with them. Not just relating and just being like cold and like walking away. Not, you know, I mean, cause that might be something that you, you can feel and understand their emotions, but you can't access any of that. But like actually giving them something, right? Like seeing being, them for yeah, who they are. Being present. Yeah. And, and listening actively. And that also works toward ourselves as well. Yeah. Uh, we have to do that toward, toward ourselves. We have to listen to our hearts. We have to be present in our bodies. Like those are things that we have to give ourselves and we have to give others. Yeah. And and when we're creating empathetic spaces in our own hearts, in the hearts of others, uh, it allows for tremendous growth because we can't do it alone. Like we really can't. Like we learn so much from each other. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to grow and grow our emotional intelligence and learn about our hearts, like it takes work. But it also takes each other. Like we need to, we need that connection. That's like a huge healing point. Can you remember or access a memory that like kind of makes you like go like, oh my god, that's that's when like that empathy like became such an important tenant to me, like or so obvious, right? Like, is there mm. anything that you kind of remember that like? I mean, I, I think you're certainly part of it. That's what I was getting to, guys. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh I'm my gosh. Kidding. Uh this has gone Let's way turn this wrong. Guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I mean I I in all sincerity, like before I met you, I I was a wreck. Like I, I didn't know how to live really. Like I, I I was so shut down and you gave me a space to start opening up. What? It's true, and it's amazing. <laughs> I don't and believe I could have done that. You did, and it's like I think without you, I would be That's a traveling true. hobo who's just drunk all the time. That's not true. I mean, I'm being hyperbolic, but I think there's a version of me there. It's true. I think like you were integral in my sort of empathy journey because you are very caring and loving person. Yeah. You know, very judgmental and harsh. <laughs> How dare you? I'm just kidding. But, you know, you that was huge. I think, like, I, I can't think of any other specific examples other than you coming into my life, which was the best. Um, it's And it's very, I think, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, thank you. I appreciate that. I love you. Um, I love you. Let's make out. <laughs> but I, I, I do feel... Uh, I mean, obviously, both of us, I feel like we both really do listen to each other and very much do are present with one another, which is really nice, right? I mean, it's a, it's an important. What were you saying? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's an important, um, aspect of our relationship, right? Like, and it feels like we're both willing to also take, there's, there's moments, and I don't know if this is part of empathy, but there's, there are moments of our relationship where we're both willing to take kind of, responsibility for things that's kind of nice right and Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's empathy is like i'm hearing you and i'm acknowledging that i heard you by kind of acknowledging that maybe my action wasn't the best right or that i'm that that uh i'm sorry right like we work through things in kind of very quick time yeah like very a a part of empathy is mirroring right and and really um being present being present and i think yeah i think we do a great job at that so what about then your, you said the other big tenant was vulnerability, right? Like what, like how have you seen vulnerability being such a big catalyst to like you becoming who you are today and working on this amazing um, 
company and all that stuff. Well, vulnerability is integral to empathy too, right? It's mm-hmm. like showing up for someone, seeing them, being present. That takes vulnerability. That takes strength. Yeah. Um, and vulnerability is is not about just like blabbing about whatever. It's a, it's it's an intentional sort of heart led sharing uh, with the with the intent of growth and healing and connecting. And I, I think it can be scary. And I think there's inherent scariness to vulnerability. But, you know, um, you know, Brene Brown, like talks about vulnerability as being this powerful connection, connecting force. And it, it is and it's such a like, I think it has to happen if we're really going to like, I talk about connection a lot, like, we have to be vulnerable. We have to like open our hearts and like show each other who we are because there's such, there's so much construct in life and so much that is very, um, it's very persuasive and compelling these constructs, these social constructs that we live by all, all of the media there's and, and, and vulnerability helps us to break that down a bit and really show each other who we are. And I think for, you know, we, there will be a constant conversation about how masculinity and men have a, right, there's a constant don't be vulnerable, don't be vulnerable. Uh, On the flip side, while I think that women are somehow permitted to cry or seen as crying is maybe more normal or natural, right, which is all social construction, uh, I think, though, that because of that, there's still an association with weakness, right? And so women also experience this kind of like distancing, wanting to distance themselves from vulnerability and from from crying, right? From like this kind of opening up in an emotional way because we're constantly seen as an emotional. So it's like men are seeing as like you shouldn't have emotions and women are seeing, oh, you should have tons of emotions. So it's like this kind of like, it's kind of this opposite, but it creates kind of the same effect, which is that we lock ourselves away or we're, we're dealing with our emotions in a shameful way. Like I'm ashamed of my emotions or my crying because I feel like they're expecting me to cry and then it's frustrating. They don't see me as, as intelligent or smart or, or, um, strong or anything. And then the same happens for men, right? That they're seen as, um, again, they're shamed for crying because they shouldn't be accessing those emotions. They should be strong, right? So there's this like, it's like a weird expectation that kind of is so problematic and so damaging in our society, right? About, about kind of emotions and feelings and, and how those can manifest, right? Through, through tears. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's problematic for sure. And, you know, me personally, I've just, I, I've had to, understand that like i can only control what i what i bring to situations like and and all of that other stuff is frankly bullshit and and yes like i get caught up in it at times and it's frustrating and i i i it hurts my heart to like know that people are stuck in those things those narratives that society tells us but the only narrative that means anything is the one that you create for yourself and the one that brings other people in to see who you are. So it feels like empathy and vulnerability are 
are necessary things to do the third one in your mission, which is emotional wayfinding. Yes. Like it feels like, it feels like they're kind of the, they're not, it's not just a list of things we're going to go pick up at the grocery store, but it's like, we need these two things so that we can do, like that they're related. Yeah. So empathy is like peanut butter. Vulnerability is jelly. No. Yeah. Vulnerability is honey and <laughs> emotional wayfinding is like slices of banana. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But, it feels but yes, like, they're all no integral. emotional wayfinding is how it finds its way into my mouth. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> so it's like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's the little then, airplane as we take it <laughs> yeah. to our mouths. Yes. How do we or like how does it like reveal or what does it do or how does it get us to understand who we are or have this introspection? That's what I kind of uh, meant. But I do like the banana idea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, emotional wayfinding is about curiosity. I posted about that just this past week. Uh, you know, um, Lori Gottlieb, I'm reading her book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And she said, people, uh, like therapy is not going to, I'm butchering it, but therapy is not going to work if you're not curious about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have, like, that's that's what emotional wayfinding is. It's being curious about your emotions, sitting in your emotions, um, and, and, and doing those things and really exploring your heart and, like, thinking, like, oh, I'm feeling this right now like what is that about like what is that about like i've always said like and many have said it more eloquently that emotions are like guideposts they're not always truths they're not always like facts in your life they're not like something that we have to like hold on high but they are pieces of information that guide us and i think we need to pay attention to them because if we don't i think uh you know, we're going to explode <laughs> in a uh, sense. I know. I, I, I agree. And, and emotional, how do you feel? Do you feel like your emotional wayfinding then has been, I mean, is, is the journey that we talked about kind of at the beginning? Is that starting with, um, is kind of looking back or do you think emotional wayfinding is like, is like a future tense kind of thing? It's all, all of it. So I was writing about it recently because I on the on the new Feel the Human Collective site when it launches uh, for for good and I'll, we'll get into the timeline shortly. But I was thinking about the movie Moana, which is a movie I love and like makes me cry every time I watch it. But there's that scene at the end where all her village spoiler spoiler yeah spoiler Sorry, I guess just... <laughs> her all of her village is if you haven't seen Moana. What's wrong with Stop you? this podcast and go watch it and come back. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but there's a scene at the end where her whole village is off. They're they're taking the boats, right? And they call that, there's a word for it. I forgot the name, but it's the, the translation is wayfinding. And it's about going out into the mm-hmm. vast wonder of the ocean and finding what your own way finding your own way and that's that's how i sort of interpret it and see it and you know it's it's that can be a scary and overwhelming thing and it is Mm -hmm. but the more we do it the you know the the more we get comfortable in that boat you know less water get you know we take on less water and and you know we're just it's just you know, like anything, it practice. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts time. Nuts and bolts time, guys. This is the nuts and bolts. 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 Uh, so uh, let's get into the nuts and bolts about uh, Feel the Human Collective. Um, like, 
when someone and I know you I've heard you have to explain this many times to like people who have you know friends and stuff who have asked about it yeah but like give us the pitch like what is feeling human collective in the nuts and bolts <laughs> sure a, a pitch in a most like amazing and lovely way don't give me that <laughs> face of like I hate pitch and sales but you know you you should be excited to pitch yes. it. You're, it's yes. amazing. Yes, I am excited. Uh, thank you. So the Feely Human Collective is a collaborative community, uh, online community designed to inspire each of us to grow our capacities for empathy, vulnerability, and emotional wayfinding, and in doing that through. Uh, contributing to uh, an online journal, uh, curated journal on the website by sharing, you know, small pieces of your mental health story on a new episode of Yumi Empathy called Feely Human Friday by leading uh, online workshops uh, for the Feely Human Collective. There will be online workshops, there'll be this journal, there'll be a podcast, and there'll be a, a, a shop merch merch shop and it's all all of those components are designed for people to come and to to read the journal but also to write for it if they want um all serving the mission of promoting empathy vulnerability and emotional wayfinding and people can come and even sell their designs in the feel the human collective shop you know if it aligns with the mission people can come and share a part of their story on Feel Human Friday, you know, on the Yumi Empathy podcast. Um, and people can come and take classes. It'll be free and paid classes. And it's all about bringing people into the space to foster those tenets of growth in each of them and to create a larger community around these ideas to help us connect with one another to help us grow with one another. And so that's kind of like, that's like phase one of the Feely Human Collective is this online space uh, where, you know, we create with one another, we collaborate with one another. We have like, you know, we have our social media as well and that will be going, but it's about giving people the opportunity to express themselves uh, in a way that maybe they haven't before. Like I want, I want this platform to be, uh, you know, like a general description, a mental health platform, but also like much more than that, a much more collaborative, specific space yeah. uh, for people to grow their hearts. And yeah. So you, you said phase one. So they're going to come out in phases. The, the collective is going to, so phase one, my understanding is, is kind of building this online community is starting to build that. Um, along with that, are you having like, what are you launching with that phase one? So, uh, good question. So, there will be the journal, online journal, so people can apply to write for the journal. And, you know, there's there really aren't too many uh, sort of prerequisites. Like, you know, as long as you're writing from your heart, you can write for the Feeling Human Collective. There'll be the the new podcast on Fridays, Feeling Human Friday. There'll be um, some merchandise when we launch, uh, T-shirts, two different T-shirt designs, um a few enamel pins and uh, and six different stickers uh, for sale. And all of that, um, you know, all of those profits will go back into the business and just kind of growing the business. 
Um, and then, and then, uh, I'm launching with a free workshop called Feely Human 101 and uh, that I'm, I'm developing, uh, that anyone can take. And so that's kind of like, that's phase one. Phase one is really about the foundation sort of. How long do you anticipate phase one to be? I don't know. Approximately. I don't know. So I think a, an important context here is that it's just me running this show. You know, uh, early on, I had a, a dear friend uh, who was in sort of the planning phases with me and, and for personal reasons uh, dropped out, you know, it was mutual and amicable. But uh, it's it's a lot to do this. I've never created something like this before. And it's been a learning process. And it's been scary and also very exciting and overwhelming. And so I want to do it right. And I think that I've, I've been thinking strategically about the timeline. So if I'm going to give you an answer, probably as long as it takes to, in order for you to really launch phase two, because it sounds like, yeah, you're going to be using I, the I, I would guess, you know, one to two years probably, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, cause I really want it to, to, to develop a voice to, to, you know, to really make it clear what this, what this thing is, right? Mm-hmm. And, and have people excited about it and, and, and feel compelled naturally to share about it themselves, right? And, and then phase two leading into that, mm-hmm. you know, is really about developing even more sort of content. And what I mean by that is uh, more, uh, tons more merchandise, you know, a lot more cool, like tote bags and different t-shirts. And like, I'd love to create like an empathy themed tarot deck and all these ideas that I have, uh, create more online courses, workshops. So I have a few friends I've been talking with, Janet Fouts, Maggie Jones, um, uh, you know, uh, Angela, a few others who are, are on board and, and sort of leading a workshop. And, you know, so it's about, you know, eventually I think phase two includes like being able to pay people to lead workshops. Like in the first phase, um, you know, I have a, I have a couple of people who are excited about doing it just for free to be a part of this thing, which is so generous and amazing. But in phase two, I want to be able to like actually pay people to lead workshops. And so it's really about like, strengthening the foundation in phase two and then phase three which is the biggest Mm. and the most exciting and at this point would be something what's that and who knows when and who knows when and it would be something that like i can quit my day job right uh like i my aspiration is to take these workshops into businesses into colleges i want to create empathy vulnerability retreats you know, a couple of times a year. I want to. I want to create a live storytelling series uh, where people can come and apply to like r- share their story on stage uh, in various you know towns across the country. I want to create like an empathy like themed uh, subscription box. Like I want to create a peer to peer program. I want to create like empathy toolkits for elementary school classrooms. Like that's that is phase three, and that is huge, and that is a lot. So at phase three, you know, I probably have an employee or two. Like, who knows? Or contract. Scooby. Yeah, Scooby. We'll pay you, Scooby. <laughs> um, 
He's a so very good listener. Phase three is obvi- obviously very big, but that's that is my goal. Like that is what I am striving for. So coming back to phase one is like you have to build this foundation of like what are all these components, and then eventually, you know, fast forward into th- phase three, you know, applying them into the real world. Well, let's get into then collaboration and the launch team because I feel like, um, again, you're doing this all on your own and and you've kind of laid out what the goal is and everything. But now we need to know what is what is the next step, like right this second or right this moment that someone's listening to this or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Um, so today being December 9th, listeners, dear feely humans, is the first day that I am announcing uh, this Feely Human Collective publicly, obviously, here on the podcast. And uh, so a couple of things. The most important is you can sign up for the launch team. And what is a launch team? A launch team is essentially... uh, I just asked my own question. (laughs) Hold on, let me do it. What is a launch team now? Oh, thank you. Good question. Uh, A launch team is is building a an excited, empowered force of feely humans who are excited about this I- idea as I am. If you're not excited, that's fine. But if you are, if this sounds great to you, if this sounds something you want to be a part of and 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 grow it with me, then you're part of the launch team. What so- does that mean to be part of the launch team though? Like how like maybe what if I'm excited but I'm also overwhelmed and have a lot of things going on in my life? What's the lowest level I could get involved with this in the launch team? Well, not the lowest. I mean I'm just going to say like I mean I let's let's kind of talk about how like the range of involvement and in, and in what this cuz a launch team sounds There's no real range really. So if you go to feelyhuman.co, f e e l y human.co uh, if you go to com, it'll redirect you there as well. Uh, you'll you'll see what I mean. So it'll show you what, uh, again, a little recap about what the Feely Human Collective is, what the launch team means, and I'll explain it here as well. So the launch team is essentially, I, um, I'll email you some social media assets that uh, you can share on your own social media platforms. To really just spread the word about this upcoming thing, the Feely Human Collective, and to get excited about it. That's really all it is. So sharing the word, um, you know, going to feelyhuman.co, signing up in the forum there, and I'll send you some emails, sharing the word. and Following, following Instagram? Yeah, following Feely Human on social media. So what is that? What at Feely Human on Instagram, at Feely Human on Twitter. We also have Feely, the Feely Human Collective on Facebook. So make sure you follow and share there as well. And that's that's what the launch team is. Um, uh, there was something else I what, was going to say. How long does the... Mm. So the launch team is launched... It, what is the, the goal and the purpose? It's to get people to... Yes. To just to follow and that's it? Because like, what's the next step then after the launch team? Perfect. Great question. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So the timeline is this. It's December 9th right now. Um, for the next... For the remainder of this month of December 2019 is about getting the word out, getting the excitement, sort of getting the momentum about like this Feely Human Collective idea and, you know, sharing with your friends and family, you know, sending them to feelyhuman.co. That's the landing page, feelyhuman.co. Send them there. Uh, Getting people signed up for this launch team. Leading up into 
early then Jan- the launch team will do this, right? Leading up into yes, if you want. You know, all of this is none of this is mandatory. No, I mean the you're getting the launch team for February or January and February. Yes. Right? So so yes. So December 9th today, launch team. And early January is when I'm launching a crowdfunding campaign, which is very exciting. And there's lots of amazing reward tiers. And a lot of those will include uh, some of the merch that will eventually be for sale on feelthehuman.co. So this is when you will come into, um, you will be a key participant in helping to get the word out because it's about like how we can, how you can gain money, um, and funds in order to, start this company like in order to really get it going so that you can fund um the t-shirts and the merch uh so that you can put money into the company so that you because you know you've had to pay for expenses like the yeah. website and well i mean the yeah. business license yeah. and all kinds of things and then in addition to that you're also leading um to so you can start paying people for workshops or getting the material to to produce that and do that really well and stuff like that, right? Yeah, exactly. So in January, um, you know, another part of the launch team is, yeah, to share uh, the crowdfunding campaign and get that out into the world and share that with all of your friends in email and on social and stuff. And there's, again, there's a lot of amazing rewards, but um, not but, uh, you know, I as Jessica mentioned, I've, you know, it's been an investment of my time and, and a lot of money in producing uh, merch and getting this website going. And all of these pieces cost time and m- energy and money. And so the crowdfunding campaign is about, you know, re- sort of reimbursing myself for all that up upfront investment, but also putting it back into the business, giving, giving you know, workshop leaders a, a chance to make a little money. Um, and and really sort of solidifying the foundation of the Feely Human Collective. There will be a lot of amazing reward tiers, including, you know, spending time with me one-on-one. Whoa, Isn't that exciting? That's amazing. You know, and, and like I said, there'll be T-shirts. Do I have to pay that? <laughs> <laughs> you do. T-shirts and, and pins and all these uh, great things uh, coming your way in January uh, 2020. So... Yeah, so the launch team is is sort of leading up until that, and then and then the the next big step and final step is the actual public launch of the website feelthehuman.co in February. Um, so right now, you know, you'll just you just see a page, and that's that's all that's there. But in in February, the whole thing will be there with Aww. you know all of the information and and the workshop and the shop and, and all these things, you know? Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of the, the big deal is, yeah. you know, is February is the, the full launch and January is the crowdfunding campaign. And now, right now, dear feel human is the launch team. So I really truly hope you can sign up. If, if you're excited about this as I am, I, I really encourage you to go to feel sign up, get your friends and family to sign up and get out there and share, share, share. <laughs> yes, get out there and share, share, share. Because this this is something I've been working very hard on for a long time, and it is my deepest passion. It is what I eventually want to quit my day job for. And not, you know, not that we do want you to fund Known's deepest passions, but <laughs> well, yes, uh, it's but, not just about well, me, me, of just, course. It's, it's about all of us. But because the his passion is that he believes in these as um making a better place for this world. So like creating, you know, better 
relationships and and uh having people feel like they are being heard and so his uh his deepest passion is kind of helping others and and participating in a community that is empathetic vulnerable and um and willing to to wayfind yes right so uh it's something i it's been so impressive watching him work through it and really get it all set up i've seen the website it's amazing so if you um if you like i said you should get involved in any way um, just just at least following and sharing would be an important way to get involved right in the beginning. Let him know that you want to be part of the launch team because that makes him feel happy. Because again, he feels like he has um, other f- friends out there who are also have those same three tenants and and are with him. So uh, please, 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 I think you guys should join. It's going to be awesome. Do it, do it, do it. That's my sales. I think sales pitch always require that you say things three times. Probably, yeah. Launch, launch, launch. Yes. And no, thank no, you. No. Thank you, Jessica. So listeners, like thank you for being here. Like really truly uh I appreciate you. Go make sure to go to feelyhuman.co to sign up for the launch team. Follow at feelyhuman on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So yeah, let's start getting the word out. Like I'm very excited about this. I hope you're excited too. And yeah. Also, I, if you would like to demand that I from now on be the interviewer and the lead of You Me Empathy, I mean, I think uh, the voice of You Me Empathy anyways. Uh you can uh, make that in the comments. Make that make that heard, people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Known is amazing and he should do it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um all right. Well, I think that that about does it. Uh, so listeners, feelyhuman.co, at feelyhuman on social. You can reach me at feelyhuman at gmail.com. And thank you. Thank you for being here. And as always, thanks to Jessica for interviewing me. Yeah. Well, thank you first for First time on the pod. Me. Yeah. First time. First time potter on you, Empathy. Yeah. Thank you. And to you listeners, as I always say, I'm here. You're here. We're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, awe-inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's you, me, empathy.